opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Communications, staff, management, or advertisers. Activist Radio is on the air. You have tuned in to the Mark Harrington Show, sponsored by Created Equal. Mark is training a new generation of leaders to take on the culture of death and win. If you don't like abortion, don't have one. The only thing that can be said to be objective truth is that there is no objective truth. It does come out in one piece. It comes out in one piece. I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal. And now, here's Mark. Well, happy Independence Week coming to you from the Mark Carrington Show, your radio activist here. Uh, Happy Independence Week. Uh, Happy Independence, America. This is a big week for us as we celebrate our independence. And uh, interesting, uh, this whole idea of freedom and liberty has been turned on its head often in America. We use it for license, license to sin, license to do all kinds of evil. So Independence Day is always kind of a uh, bittersweet day for me. I mean, I love America, like many of you, I'm sure. Love who we are, who we've been, but sometimes I look at where we're going and I wonder what's happened to us, what's happened to us. So it's kind of a bittersweet day. Uh, We want to be patriots. We believe in America and everything it stood for. But I wonder if we've lost sight of all that. So and when it comes to uh, that issue, we think about the issue of abortion, right? That uh, women use their so-called independence or freedom to kill babies. This is a terrible example of, uh, you know, using using liberty to excuse evil and sin so and right now there's billboards going up in wascom texas i report i reported several weeks ago about wascom texas who passed an uh, an ordinance to make it a sanctuary city for the unborn well the pro-abortion people aren't going to sit back and let that happen so they're putting up these billboards that are calling abortion freedom get that they're calling abortion freedom and liberty so, I mean, this is the problem, right? That we've taken our liberties that we, we hold so dear in America and we've said we have the freedom to do anything without restraint, no limits, no rules, no laws, no nothing. You can do whatever you want, when you want to do it. Uh, it's all about choice, right? And that's the problem we face. But happy Independence Week uh, to you. And uh, we'll continue to march on and hopefully restore this great republic. Well, today I want to talk about the GOP and its lip service to abolishing abortion, along with, and at the same time, the Democrat candidates for president president pandering to Planned Parenthood. Just this last week, Planned Parenthood had their annual political gathering in Washington, D.C., a forum of uh, the candidates for 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 uh, president, and uh, they called it um, "We Decide." And Leanna Wen is the president of Planned Parenthood, and she spoke at that along with all the candidates. All twenty-three of them, apparently, came and pandered to Planned Parenthood, telling them they were going to be the most abortion candidate, and in order to win the support of Planned Parenthood. So we have that on one side. And then we have this uh, interview by Rand Paul, 
which talks about how the GOP, that is the grand old party, that Republican Party nationally, is simply paying lip service to abortion. They have no intents, according to uh, no intent, according to uh, Rand Paul, to end abortion. And so what I'd like to do, uh, let's go ahead and start with this clip. This is Leanna Wen. She's the president of Planned Parenthood, speaking at the Planned Parenthood Action Fund's Forum for Political Candidates for President. Go ahead and play that clip. They don't get to call themselves pro-life when they are taking health care away from people. And Planned Parenthood's health centers are performing life-saving care every day. Life-saving. Life-saving care. We are here today to stand up and speak out because we are the Planned Parenthood Action Fund. We stand with all people in this country. We stand on the right side of history. We will not be silent. We will never back down. And we know that America stands with Planned Parenthood. Oh, well, you, can, you can stop it there. That's enough of Leanna Wen. So basically, she, here's, here's Leanna. She's, she leads the largest abortion company in the world. And she talks about taking health care away from women. Who, who, is, who is doing that, by the way? Uh, I'm not aware of anyone that's doing that. Are you? Uh, as far as I can tell, anybody who lives in the United States gets health care. If they're, if they're in need of health care, they go to the hospital or whatever emergency room. They're going to get care. Now, it may not be paid for by them. It may be paid for by the government. If they don't have the money, uh, that hospitals, you know, take care of patients, whether they have the money or not. No one's being denied health care. What she's talking about when she talks about reproductive health care, that's just a euphemism for child killing. And we ought to be taking away that kind of so-called care. Killing babies is not health care. It's not health care. And then she goes on that, you know, they're on the right side of history. I hate this term. I hear this thrown about all the time in the political discourse in America. But uh, you don't want to be on the wrong side of history. You want to be on the right side of history. There's nothing about the arc of history that makes it right, necessarily. All right. <laughs> we are normally not necessarily on a progressive trend. Things are not necessarily always getting better and just and more fair. We're not always becoming more free, this kind of thing. There's, there's no guarantee that things are going to improve overall. So when people say, oh, you're, you're on the wrong side of history, what does that mean? What does that mean, really? Or that you're on the right side of history? Planned Parenthood saying, well, if you don't kill babies, you don't support killing babies, you're on the wrong side of history. Well, I got something to tell you. If that's if, 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 if being on the right side of history means we're, we got to kill babies, then I don't want to be on that on that side. And I, I hope you don't either. It's like people possibly in, in Nazi Germany saying you don't want to be on the wrong side of history. You need to follow the Third Reich. Well, I hope there are people saying, well, I, I'm going to be on the wrong side of that. Right. And so this whole idea of being on the right side of history is a is a way of dismissing any uh, objections to uh, what you what they're trying to promote. And so if you disagree with Planned Parenthood on abortion, you're on the wrong side of history. Now, Rand Paul also spoke recently and he talked about how the GOP, 
that is the grand old party, the Republican Party, is paying lip service to abortion. Now, I think you understand this. If you've been around long enough, you understand that this is true at many levels, uh, especially at the federal level, where it just seems to me that uh, Republicans come to us when they want our vote, they get our vote, and then they go back to Washington and they do absolutely nothing on abortion. Uh, I can't think of anything that's been done in the U.S. Congress over the last decade that's really mattered uh, at the federal level. When they get an opportunity like defunding Planned Parenthood, they don't get it done. They say, oh, we simply just don't have the votes. So Rand Paul's kind of pulling back the veneer here. He's exposing the GOP for who they really are, and that is that they're really not out to abolish abortion on the federal level. Now, I will say this. I know Republicans at our state house here in Columbus and other Republicans around the country at the state level that are very different than that, that they are out to abolish abortion. But I think at the federal level, there are very few that are really out to do the right thing. So let's go ahead and play that clip. This is Rand Paul being very, very honest about what's happening within the GOP as it comes to uh, as it pertains to abortion. Go ahead and play that. Are winning sometimes, I think, the persuasive argument that this is an awful, degrading, disgusting, and terrible thing for anybody to be involved with. But I will tell you that we still lose in the legislation. We still lose, and sometimes we lose because the people who come to you and give you lip service and say, oh, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-life, and then they don't seem to vote that way. I'll give you an example. Last year, I tried to attach to a spending bill a prohibition to have any money spent by Planned Parenthood. You know what happened? They sat me down, and one of the senior Republican senators said, we cannot have the vote today. And I said, why? He said, we might win. I'm not kidding you. This is a senior Republican sitting next to me on the floor of the Senate saying, we're not going to vote to defund Planned Parenthood because we might win. And I said, what does this mean? I said, does this mean that passing your spending bill, getting the Democrats to vote for your spending bill is more important than life? And he just smiled. See, that's what the thing is. You have Republicans that are more concerned with spending money than protecting the unborn. Exactly right. Go ahead and end it there. Isn't it true? Uh, We've had so many opportunities recently to pass a bill to defund Planned Parenthood, and we haven't gotten it done. And you got to wonder if that's what they want to happen so they can keep coming back and asking for your vote. Because this time, they say, they're going to defund Planned Parenthood. This time, they're going to end the funding of abortion. Uh, this time, only this time, this t- or this, this next time, they're going to, to get it done. And they keep kicking the can down the road, never, ever really living up to their campaign promises. And you got to wonder if they want to keep it that way so they can keep coming back to the pro-life community for votes. And I think that's often the case at the federal level. Now, let's switch gears. So we have this we have this, the GOP paying lip service to abolishing abortion, and then you have the Democrats running for president who are pandering to Planned Parenthood. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to play a series of clips here from Senator Harris and Elizabeth Warren and others, basically pandering to Planned Parenthood, telling about what they're going to do to expand child killing in America. Go ahead and cue up the clip. This is Senator Kamala Harris who is now one of the front front runners. She's in the top five for the uh, for the Democrat nomination for president. Go ahead and play this clip. 
said, I ran a Department of Justice. And on this issue, when elected, I am going to require that for any state that passes legislation on the issue of access to reproductive health, if they have a history Abortion. of passing legislation that has interfered with or suppressed a woman's access to reproductive health, that anything that they propose and pass has to be reviewed by my Department of Justice to determine whether it complies with the Constitution of the United States and Roe v. Wade and its progeny. There you go. You know, Kamala Harris, don't you trust Kamala Harris to make that decision for you? Kamala Harris, who wants to intervene uh, as, as president of the United States, if she were president of the United States, God forbid, and basically usurp the role of the courts by determining whether a piece of legislation passed at the state level, not the federal level, whether it passes her threshold for what is proper uh, on abortion. Uh, she doesn't want the U.S. Supreme Court to be involved. She doesn't want the lower courts, which is generally the role of the lower courts to rule on these types of uh, pieces of legislation, these laws. I don't know about you, but I don't trust Kamala Harris's Department of Justice, just like I did not trust President Obama's Department of Justice, who we all know was surveilling the Trump campaign that was uh, it, that instituted a silent coup against President Trump. I don't know about you, but I don't trust Kamala Harris's Department of Justice to be fair in evaluating whether a state the uh, law on abortion passes the muster of Roe versus Wade. I, I, I'm afraid I don't trust her. I, I don't trust the judiciary either, but I certainly would trust them more than I would trust Kamala Harris's Department of Justice. This is, this is very interesting. So she now is going to be the final arbiter for everything that's constitutional on abortion. We don't need the courts anymore, according to Kamala Harris. Now let's move on. Former Colorado governor, John Hickenlooper. I like to call him Hickenloopy. Hickenloopy. John Hickenlooper. He also spoke at the Planned Parenthood Action Funds Forum on abortion. And she, he said that we need to try science. We need to depend on science. Go ahead and play that clip. We need to push back and make sure that information is, is clear and based on science. Um, See, science. How do we try science for a little bit of a change. There we go. How do we try science? There we go. You can you can stop it there. John Hickenloopy. John Hickenloopy. I never heard of this guy before, but now he's you know he's one of those twenty three candidates for president. He says we ought to try science on abortion. Try science. Well, what about trying science? We've been doing that, you see, because the science is clear now, right? Now, back in 1973, we could have said, well, we don't know for sure whether life begins at conception. We might have been able to give people the benefit of the doubt. But it's kind of hard to do that now after, what, 46 years of 2019, all the technology and science, the ultrasound, everything that we have. We know without a shadow of a doubt that life begins at conception. There is not an embryologist in America that would disagree with that, that life, human life begins at conception or fertilization. Not a single one. So how about John Higginloopy include 
science, real science, when it comes to the unborn? Why don't he apply that? Because science says life begins at fertilization. It's interesting. They they pull this uh, this 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 card out that pro-lifers are anti-science. We're not anti-science. We're the ones who are looking to science. They're the ones who are the science deniers on abortion. They're the ones who deny science. Uh, and they're also the ones that say we deny science when it comes to so-called climate change, which is totally unproven. We have no idea, really. The science is very divided on this, whether man-made climate change is happening. Yet they will say that you're a science denier if you don't believe in climate change and you don't believe that man is causing climate change. And beyond that, you don't believe the government should be passing laws to force people to behave a particular way and levy taxes against individuals in order to uh, address the issue of science uh, uh, of climate change. You're a science denier if you just say, I don't know if I believe in man-made climate change. See, they'll say that, but they won't own up to the fact that they're science deniers when it comes to abortion. You know, we can say that we think there's life on Mars, but we don't even know if there's life in the womb. I mean, come on. The true science deniers are pro-abortion. All right, let's move on. Not to be outdone again, Senator Elizabeth Warren. Here she is. A Sen Senator, I, I like to rename her. Senator Elizabeth worn out. How many years has she been doing this? How many years has she been trying to run for president? Senator Elizabeth worn out. She's going to be speaking. She spoke at this Planned Parenthood Action Fund uh, forum, and she talks about democracy and how the abortion issue ought to be left up to the people to decide. Go ahead and play that clip. Is a democracy. In a democracy, the laws should reflect the values of the people. So I say it is time to go on offense with Roe versus Wade. There you go. You can end it there. Well, first of all, Elizabeth Warren needs a little civics lesson. We are a type of democracy, right? America is a type of democracy. We are democratic in our politics, but we are not a democracy, a true democracy in that we are a representative republic. There's a big difference. And we govern by the rule of law, but not by men. Uh, the abortion issue, although I would agree with her in that the people should decide because it's not included uh, within the text, the issue is not included within the text of the uh, U.S. Constitution. She's right on that. But yet she then defers to Roe versus Wade and says that's the law of the land. So she can't have it both ways. Right. Either it's going to be decided by the people or it's going to be decided by the courts. And because abortion, the word abortion, right to privacy, extending to abortion does not appear within the text of the U.S. Constitution or Bill of Rights. It ought to be left to the people. But we are not a pure democracy, and she needs to understand that. We are a representative republic. Now, she goes on to saying that she wants to codify Roe versus Wade into law. That means pass a federal law making Roe v. Wade the law of the land. Well, I, was, I already thought it was, according to the left, that it was the law of the land. We understand that it's not the law of the land. It's simply an opinion that was handed down by the United States Supreme Court that, unfortunately, we all, unfortunately, many of us bend the knee to. All right. Let's move on. We also have 
Marianne Williamson. I don't know how this woman got on the stage or got in the presidential race. She's an author. That's her claim to fame. She's a new age author. And yet she's making the rounds to the Planned Parenthood Action Fund Forum. And she spoke also about abortion and how it relates to the de Declaration of Independence. Go ahead and play that clip. I understand all humans have unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Being healthy all is necessary for us to pursue happiness. Having reproductive choice is necessary for us to pursue happiness. And the, and uh -huh. the Declaration of Independence says that it is the that governments are instituted to secure those rights. Government huh. should be the ones saying to any forces that would limit us, stop right there. That's what the government should be. The government should not be limiting or thwarting our freedoms. Government should be guaranteeing. All right. Thank you. Thank well, you. Well, there you go. I mean, that's an interesting point of view. Interesting. She said all humans, but it doesn't include the unborn in her world, does it? You know, the Declaration of Independence says we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among those are the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. She didn't mention the, the first right, did she? The right to life, fundamental right, first right. Why is that? The founders, why is it that the founders listed it first? Because every single other right guaranteed by the Constitution flows from the fact that you need to be born. The right to life is fundamental, although she left that out. And she wants to invent these other rights, reproductive rights, supposedly. What she means there is a right to so-called right to abortion, right to abortion. So she'll deny the right to life for the most vulnerable humans among us, the pre-born. But she invents a right that she says that the government ought to protect, which is the right to kill our offspring. Um, I don't think she's qualified for president. What do you think? I got one more left. Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang. Once again, I don't know how he got on the stage, but this guy's some some entrepreneur, maybe from you know a Silicon Valley company. And Andrew Yang finished up by saying that men, including him, apparently, should have no voice on abortion. Go ahead and play that clip. Right. And so I actually feel self-conscious even answering questions about it because I'm like, this has nothing to do with what I, I should just leave the room and then come back and then women can tell us what the heck you want to do. Oh, there you go. He says he's well, self-conscious. Go ahead and end there. Yeah, he says he's self-conscious talking about abortion. Well, if you're self-conscious, then why are you there? Why are you there pandering to Planned Parent? Because you want their votes. You want their votes. Now, this whole issue that men should not have a say on abortion is ludicrous. It's ludicrous. First of all, half of the women, half of the preborn are women. So what about their rights? And what about the men in the womb? Both are vulnerable to abortion. Keep in mind that the U.S. Supreme Court decided the, decided the case of Roe versus Wade and it was a seven to two decision and they were all men. What do pro-abortion advocates think of that? That every single vote on the Supreme Court was men, was, was by a man. Well, I guess it's okay if, if you're pro-choice and you're a man, but if you're pro-life and you're a man, you shouldn't have a voice. Now, keep in mind this, something to think about. 
Every single pregnancy is caused by a man. 100% of all pregnancies are caused by men, right? So, because, you know, think, keep in mind also that men are fertile 365 days a year, <laughs> right? Where women are only fertile two days a month, generally, 24 days a year. This idea that men should not have any say on abortion is ridiculous on the surface. The reason we have an abortion we have abortion in America is because men are being irresponsible. They're being irresponsible. They figure they can have sex when they want with whomever they wish and then they can simply walk away from it and say, "Ah, it's a woman's right to choose to do what she wants with her own body." You know, it's time for men to stand up. It's time for us as Christian men to stand up into the public square and make our voices known on abortion. The time has passed for us to take a back seat on this issue. This is a man's issue as well as a woman's issue. We'll see you next time. Thank you for turning into the Mark Harrington Show. Go to markharrington.org to find out more. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil, evil plague in America, call Created Equal at 614-269-7808, 614-269-7808, or go online to createdequal.net, createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to The Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.